Hello and welcome to the I Get Buckets podcast. As always, I'm your host, Simon Harris, and today we have a very special guest. We have the coach of the former Siakam on them titties, now for Fox sake, coach of the league-leading 2-0 team. Here we have my very good friend, Mr. Dan Patania. How are you, man? Mate, I couldn't have asked for a better introduction than that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm good. Well, How are you? I'm very well. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here and, and talk some basketball, but uh, you make it easy with the intros, man, with some of the, the hot white <laughs> team names and teams looking pretty good so far, man. You've been enjoying the start of the, the basketball season, I'm sure. Yeah, well, uh, honestly, um, I sort of, the name, I was like, uh, this team could go either way. So I'll call it for Fox sake because I'll, I'll be saying it, either I'll be saying it or my opponents will be saying it. So <laughs> no, I like it, man. Yeah, feel, feeling good about it at the moment, man. Um, and like, I have to say the uh, season in general, I feels like it's gotten off to a red hot start um, in, in most regards. And yeah, I'm just in, excited to talk basketball. Yeah, well, we thought it was a, a perfect time to kind of jump on. I think it's a nice stage two weeks in because you can do a lot of your overreactions to things, kind of guess what's real or not, but like a really kind of fun time to talk a lot of the players that are kind of jumped out of the gate in fantasy that shapes the first two weeks and how we've seen a few teams kind of distance themselves already off the back of finding a few players late in the draft, especially some of the rookies this season. It's been really fun. I know you've got a couple of them. Yeah. I did. I've actually um, <clears throat> I've drafted a few across a couple of leagues, um, so it's been a really, really fun race to watch. And um, I didn't. I, I knew that this draft class was going to be good, but I don't think I anticipated so many guys to be producing at such a you know impressive level so early on. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it it's just like the role that they've been like playing. Like we've seen very yeah. early in preseason, some of these guys, whether it's Barnes or Giddy or um, Mobley, they're like, I think they're going to be good, but are they going to walk into this role straight off the bat? And all three of them, like we're, we're starting, you know, let's go. <laughs> like it's been crazy. And then we've seen the the fantasy scores kind of come with it. So um, yeah, it's been crazy. 110%. Yep. I think what we kind of alluded to and the, the point of saying what would be really fun is just kind of going back and forth, talking about a few players that we, we think are interesting to talk about and have stand out. So in the sake of the I Get Buckets League, you know, given they're mostly our audience, I think it's fun to kind of pick <laughs> players, whether it's from either team or, or go through the list and um, kind of just give quick thoughts and whether you think some of stuff, I think we can go like, Real hard and fun. I'm happy for just super overreactions or if you want to put some water on the fire on some of these guys, um, yeah. we can all have a bit of fun with it. But There um, might be a couple who, uh, like, for example, uh, I'm got a little bit, like, for example, you know when uh, Siakam had his most improved season? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Raptors supporter and I was watching the games and stuff like that and I'm going, uh, and he was sitting on the wire and I'm going, oh, uh, Nah, he can't keep it up. I don't think he'll be able to keep it up. I don't think there's enough role for him, blah, 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 blah. And time went on. He got picked up. He carved out a role, became most improved, almost a league winner and everything like that. So that there'll be a little bit of overreactions in the negative way. But like like I said to you just before we started recording, um, overreactions are my forte. And I'm really, really looking forward to getting into it. 
Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think this is the time if you're if you're savvy and you really want to to bet on what you're thinking to respond to overreactions is all for it because I think this is the time when trades are fun and so if you think things are real or if you think players who have underperformed are going to you know go back to the mean on what you projected um if you've you know watched the teams a little bit with league pass you know you've got the time to see a yeah exactly right and just yep. like stats and you can you can form yourself a picture so we can we can throw out some teams and some players and um see if you can i can feel. i get the ball rolling a hundred percent uh, I want to start with the two biggest question marks at this uh, stage. First of all, um, Kyrie Irving. And then secondly, because you drafted him, Ben Simmons. So first, uh, as a net supporter, how are you holding up? As a net supporter, um, I mean, it's fine. And the thing is, like, I think the regular season is going to be a little bit, you know, redundant for them. I think it's more just like, what's it going to look like in the last couple of months before playoffs if we're healthy I think we can carry, you know, without Kyrie Irving at the moment. But um, I guess the biggest thing is now, you know, the, all the rumors on if they're fielding calls to trade him, which is the biggest question mark. If you if you're looking into some of the news, the they've got the mayor elect in New York who takes yep. office on January one, and he's spoken about potentially looking at the laws to change it. So I think Kyrie Irving's waiting out to Jan 1. That's two months away. It's a long time, fantasy-wise, to kind of hold him. Brooklyn Nets are going to be fine by then. I do think they're better off with him, obviously. Um, I think we're not going to get the trade value for him and what he gives to us. So I'm happy to kind of hold. It's just chemistry-wise, is he in shape? You know, just come back. Everything's all peaches and cream, which I, I'm positive that it would be. It's just a, it's just a bit of a shitty scenario, but um, and uh, fantasy wise, correct me if I'm wrong. He's uh, he out of the two does not have like IR eligibility. No, he's, he's IR eligibility and IR. Yep, which okay. is an interesting thing overall. I think, and I don't know if you noticed in our league, like it used to be, um, if you're injured, you know you got got the out, but if you were just not with the team you were still, you weren't IR built. I know Hawford was out for you last year. So, yep. I, and I had the same thing with Simmons and he, he was a put on an out in the offs and before in the preseason. And I'm like, I'm going to whack him in my IR because I have a feeling it will change and it will just be like, he's, he's not IR uh, eligible, but he's not playing. But I guess he's away from the team with back slash mental health. Um, but I've also uh, news. Noticed. News came out today, by the way. Um, just really quick on Simmons. He, uh, the Sixers are going to start finding him again. Oh, really? Um, per, per game, yep. Um, because he's uh, and again, I haven't read too much into it, but he's refused uh, help from team men, sports psychologists and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've begun finding him again as of today. So that's going to be interesting. And I also like. I think it's a good segue because I like. I have. Simmons in another league and it's been a it's been sort of tedious I'd have to say like not knowing what's what's coming and it's just an ugly scenario from all accounts I think um what's your predictions I'm thinking now that he's getting fined he might be back sooner rather than later or maybe that's you know my fantasy brain speaking 
Uh, I think in terms of fantasy, him getting fined again is probably the best scenario because it seems that was the motivator last time for things to start to happen and him reporting was only off the base of him getting fined. My thought process was that there was a way, whether it's through the Players Association or his manager or something, to kind of at least kind of have the case that the, the workplace is a toxic place for him to be in and he's not mentally able to report back to play with them because of what's happened because it just feels like whether it's the fans or the city or the coach or the owner it doesn't help that Daryl Morey's going on radio in Philly saying we can wait four years for him you know this is a Mexican standoff that we're gonna win because we have all the cards just feels a bit bullshit toxic and I think yeah yeah maybe if they can get that over the line that we're not going to see a resolution anytime soon, um, which is unfortunate because I did draft him probably way too early with my thought processes that would be, would have seen the back of this scenario like, like a while ago, or if not, at least there was a, a, a time in the near future we think that it was going to be sorted. I, I, now I just don't think it is. Yeah. Um, so I think a fantasy wise, it's a bit of a, for everyone who's, um, took him, especially if it's, you know, thought about him early because of everything that he can do. It's just going to become a, a hole in your team for a, a long amount of time right now. Um, I've, I've still got my fingers crossed for a trade. Um, I've still got my fingers crossed that he'll report and he'll play, but I, c- I can't see it a good scenario with him stepping out on the court in front of Philly fans yeah. um, at all. And if that would be that's a big mental like task. It's one thing to be mentally ready to play, and then it's another thing to step out in front of a home crowd that crowd that hates you. Uh, So yeah, like I, I think the best scenario is a trade. He sits out the time that they play Philly home games, (laughs) and um, yeah, or something like that. I don't I don't know exactly, but um, yeah, I'm I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. I know that I'm starting to get the buy low offers in as well. Um, have you copped any? No, I haven't yet. But no. part of my brain was like, when does Kyrie Irving become a buy low? Um, especially if we get close to January. But um, yep. I, a lot of teams, I mean, include like, I can't buy low because I'm just my IR's full because of the Zion issue. But um, no, no, no offers yet. And I'm, I'm very welcome to them if anyone wants to put them in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't, well, I'll put it into context. I got um, I got an offer for Giannis and Ben Simmons, and this is a nine cat league, so it's a little bit different. But uh, Giannis and Ben Simmons for Paul George and Aaron Gordon. So Aaron Gordon for Ben Simmons is sort of like the value that they were yeah. trying to go. And I I couldn't hit reject quicker, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, on the on the same token, you can see that, like the sort of value that people are putting on him. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously in the nine cat, it's a little bit different and Giannis is yeah, a yeah. breaker because of it. But um, I get where people could, could say, you know, if I can give you, you know, a couple of like real pieces and you give me someone really good and then just chuck in Ben Simmons because he may not even play. Um, and it's those scenarios where we say, you know, the longer you get into the league, if, to say, you know, you've got someone up top who's sitting pretty, you know, 6-0, and 7-0, like, you know what, I can carry a Ben Simmons right now. Um, let's have a, a, a roll of the dice. Maybe that starts getting a little bit more interesting as we get into the season, especially if I'm copping losses 
<laughs> um, yeah. You know, yep. Zion's not coming back anytime soon. It might be worth trying to salvage some, um, some kind of fucking value for him. But yeah. I, I have those two exact guys on my IR <laughs> in, a, in another league with you, in that nine cat league, man. They're the killing me. One, the Zion one hurt. Because even now, I'm like, yeah. when he comes back, he, how good is he? He's so, it's like the weight's an issue. Um, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's right. interesting. Obviously, the Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons has been all of the talk um, going into season. But now we've got actual basketball. There might be a few other players that we can kind of um, look into and talk who are actually playing. But um, do you have well, any- I brought up those two guys. So it's, it's all up to you now, brother. Yeah, well, do we want to um, go to? I've got a couple of teams that are finding really interesting at the moment, and one of them is the Orlando Magic. Um, Magic, I, okay, yep. Yeah, I know. It, uh, we we'll, we'll start with you, and just because I think there was a real interesting way on how people ranked the Magic players at the moment. Like, and I'm going into it. I think you know Wendell Carter was interesting. Jalen Suggs was meant to get this role. But the one I've got down that went interested in your thoughts was Cole Anthony. He's like the best yep. Magic player at the moment. He's dominating. He's um, been unbelievable. Yeah, he was a free yep. agent pick-up in hours. Do you? I know some of the thoughts when I said on the draft reviews was that they were a bit point guard heavy. Um, but he's been the alpha. He's kind of you know taken over. Have you you thinking that Cole Anthony's real right now? Um, he's actually the one that I was I had in mind. I've gone. I think it might be a little bit of a mirage. I'm I'm probably overreacting and saying that I don't think that it's going to be real. Um, for example, like I, I put down a list for most improved and he didn't make that list, even though he is probably, if we're talking right now at the present time, he's definitely in that conversation. Um, I just, I, I don't know why. And I, I don't um, have like any, I think actually I'll rephrase that. I think going into the draft, this year um, and thinking about the magic, you were right. The the rotation at uh, the magic was really weird because you've got Fultz that's that's out. You've got Isaac that's out. You've got, a, it's basically a guard heavy and Ford slash center heavy team. Um, and if that makes sense, I think you guys know, you know, know what I mean. So we've got Fultz, yeah. you've got uh, Anthony, you've got Suggs. Uh, and then you've got on the other side, side Isaac, Akiki, um, Wendell Carter and Bamba. So I didn't know how that at all um, shake out. And I'm still thinking that, that they might want to prioritize Fultz uh, when he comes back, but it might now be at the expense of Suggs rather than Anthony. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's it really, it, I, it's the more you talk about it, the more you go, Oh geez, it's a bit yuck. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because yeah. it, it did feel like Mark Fultz, they kind of wanted him as their, their guy. A lot of the stuff that you read was like, we're really into him. But then it, it Particularly like, pre-injury and stuff like that. Yeah. That was so hyped on him going into the season. And even there was some stuff that's like, oh, yeah, he'll be back. But, I mean, it doesn't feel like he's back anytime soon now, every time I no. look. And then it was like, all right, that's okay because we'll have Suggs. Even RJ Hampton was a little bit interesting off the bench. And they're like, oh, well, it was Wendell Carter or Mo Bumber. It's not both. And they've, they've kind of gone in and like, no, no, no. We're playing both Carter and yeah. Butler, and they're yep. both playing well. This Franz Wagner guy, who was disgusting in both summer league and preseason, like literally shooting zero of four and doing nothing else on twenty something minutes, 
has like just erupted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's just been like this alpha guy and they've been competitive while lo- losing. And it's been interesting that you've got this team that are like a bottom dwelling team that have four or five players who are all averaging like 20 plus at the moment, or at least in, in like a small kind of vacuum of doing really well. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's what I've been finding, uh, like from the basketball side rather than the fantasy side is that it feels like they're a team that's ready. It's got all the pieces and is ready to explode. probably, you know, a year, maybe a few years away and there'll be something that comes up that fucks it up for the magic that it's just, it always happens. (laughs) Yeah. Curse like that. Um, Pardon? It was, yeah, it was interesting. Someone kind of posted in a chat that, like, after game one or two, they're like, what are your, what's everyone's thoughts on Cole Anthony? I'm like, they haven't really changed yet. And then basically after that, he started kind of erupting. And I think a lot of it yeah. is, is real, but to the point where it's not sustainable at this level. Like, some of those games where he's got, you know, he had a game where he had 16 rebounds. And it's just like, I don't know how that, that, yeah, <laughs> how that yeah. happens. Um, but you know, I do think Suggs trends a little better as he gets in, but I think Cole Anthony's going to be, you know, a, a guy that's going to be a big part of what they're doing. And he, he feels confident in kind of, you know, being the guy to take the shot and stuff. So I think it's real, but to a point, like he's averaging 23.8 and, you know, hopefully he can, you know, get that average above 20 still as we go, but he, yeah. he's an exciting player to watch, man. And like, um, he's just... Yeah, he's a little bit shifty, a little bit of the, like the bulldog on the court and stuff like that. I really like his play style, and I, I do hope that he um, that he holds it up and stuff. Uh, yeah. So, and then for the Magic's sake as well, like I, if for example they bring back Fultz and they play him, you know, as like a bit of a reduced role while he comes back from injury and everything like that, and have that Anthony Suggs front uh, front court back court, sorry, um, for a little bit. Um, yeah, and just ease him into it and then work out maybe even next season how they're going to uh, do those rotations and what pieces they'll have and everything. I think, yeah, it's definitely a place to watch. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of like them, especially if they like say we've got a lot of guys, but we're going to kind of tighten our rotation a little bit and say, well, yep. they're all young, but we're just going to you know, give them all this opportunity and just like let them kind of, um, you know, succeed or not and Cole Anthony, you know, shown enough that um he has that dog. I like him. He was he's on um yeah do those Twitch streams on the top shot releases that I used to go and he's just he's just funny and interesting and got a lot of character. Yeah. And I think the team kind of gravitates to it a little bit and I think he's coming he seems out- like a really good locker room presence, yeah, for sure. I saw it um him doing some something with a medicine ball. It was really funny. <laughs> not a medicine ball, sorry, the big inflatable balls and stuff like yeah, it's just um, – and in, in that regard, I really do hope he, he holds it up and, and everything. It's just, yeah. I, again, I think this is my overaction going in the negative way. Everyone else I'm probably going to be going over the top for. I think, I think there's a little bit of um, trepidation in the magic that it's, it can't be this sustainable. Like if they're yep. losing so much, you can't have, you know, four guys who are like pretty much – three guys undrafted that are like playing really well in Wagner, Bamba and Cole Anthony. Like it just, it feels yeah. a little bit of fool's gold uh, moving forward, but 
yeah, like I, I think it's enough to, to be real and they're real good gets off the waiver wire. But, yeah, you'd think that all three of them can't be, you know, this good every night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It did. It, it definitely get those vibes. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, like, I'm, it's going to be so interesting when uh, Fultz and Isaac rejoin the team yeah. and Okiki as well, and just see what what they do. Yeah, because the way yeah. the guys are playing now, they've really have like carved out their role and and deserve to sort of see where it goes. Hundred percent. And I know I was yeah. down on the the Isaac draft and stash. Um, on draft night, and I'd be even more concerned now that if yep. you've you've spent some of the draft picks because he's the guy at Magic to come in and it's his time. But now they've been playing without him. They've got an identity. They've got all these guys are playing well. Like he'll yep. fit in because he's, he's got a lot of you know the intangibles that work for Isaac. But I don't think he's coming in and scoring too much off the bat. Like I don't think he's doing a lot of stuff that's going to make him you know they're you know in the top three or four best Magic players really. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Anyway, a lot, a lot of magic talk, but it's fun to, to go <laughs> um, Hey, we got to give the bottom dollar some love. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have a, another player that you're keen to talk about? Um, I want to talk about another team, actually. So, um, in a similar sort of vein as uh, Orlando, I've been loving watching Charlotte. Um, yeah, like it, it, I was probably a little bit slow on the up. Uh, uptake at the start of the season, but they just, I know that they, they look really good out there. And I find uh, even when they're not looking good, I'm rooting for them to get better. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, um, yeah, really interesting, vibrant team. They've got some exciting pieces. Uh, I'll, 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 I drafted Bridges this year, so I'm feeling really good about that as well. And they're just, I, I don't know, that um, it's just really good. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you kind of said the Hornets. They're a really fun team. I watched a lot of them last year because I had LaMelo Ball and I was all about that experience. And then I thought this year they were probably the team that had the most draftable players almost, which made me a little bit concerned about some of those kind of back-end players. I think Bridges yep. is like 13th ranked in our league at the moment in terms of average. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's ridiculous. But Watching him, he's, he's been fantastic. But I know on draft night, I was a little bit apprehensive. I'm like, oh, he didn't get his contract extension. They've brought in, you know, Kelly Oubre Jr., who I don't think is going to be amazing. But it's just little things of, you know, is Bridges still going to be this athletic three and D guy? But he only really is good in the corner threes, dunking off transition. But he's, he's just added this extra element to his offensive game. Um, the three-point shot, I don't know if it's reliable over across the season, but he's been really good with it. Obviously Terry Regier's been out, but it's been he's been counting stats. They love him when they go small, when they go tall. Um having he's probably averaging high 30 minutes at the moment. Like I know you got him. You must be all over him. I actually so um I drafted him in a couple of leagues uh and the reasoning going into it was uh I heard that he'd um established a starting role going going into Charlotte. I'm gone you know, around about the pick 100 mark or whatever it was is where he was going. And I'm like, you know, starter on a, on a team, don't know where it's going to go. I hope it's going to be okay sort of thing. Like, um, and yeah, he's, it's like, he's the man almost like the, the, I believe I saw a, um, a statistic that, that he, he's upped his ISO plays. Uh, he's really, you know, beating, you know, smaller guards and stuff like that off the mark because of his, you know, sheer strength 
and stuff like that. And then he's got the speed to get past the bigger blokes. It's just, it's really, I don't know, it's, it's unreal. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, did not, I did not expect, I don't think anyone really expected the leap that he, he'd make. And then um, also as well, like Lamelo Ball, like I just, his, his game is just really nice to watch. It's fluid. It's like, um, for the most part, he's got eyes on the back of his head. Um, it just, yeah, it's just exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think the Lamelo Ball experience is, is even just going to get better. Um, yep. The shooting I still don't know if it's real or not, but he's pulling up for these ones and they're so high arcing shots and they're just splashing. <laughs> it's been yep. really kind of good. And I think he's unlocking some of the stuff where he's like, my first step is almost one of the best in the league. And he's like, I can kind of get around you and get to the ring. Um, and he needs to kind of go to that a little bit more. But um, yeah, I think the fact that you've the, the identification that, okay, Miles Bridges is going to start, which yep. is, you know, is, is a fine thing, but not only is he going to start is that he's going to stick with his lineups in the minutes and then, you know, he's playing 35.7 minutes at the moment per game. Um, and then some of the, you know, you can get these starters that play the high minutes, but they're not in everything, but all of the counting stats have kind of come with it defensively. Um, you know, he's, he's been everything cause he's just that athletic and powerful. Um, yeah, it's just, I, yeah, well, um, cause if, if we, Think of all the wings there. There's Hayward, there's Oubre, there's Bridges, there's probably someone Maybe else. Some Cody Martin's being picked Cody up. Cody Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, it's pretty. I know. Did, uh, did they like their small ball a, a bit more as well? You know, picking up the pace a bit and everything too. Yeah. Which well, I think... I think that was the thing coming into the league was like, oh, we're going to play PJ Washington, you know, six, seven center and go small. Um, but, I mean, there's been times where they're not playing Plumlee or P.J. Washington, and Washington hasn't really been great to start. Plumlee's been fine, but, you know, they've, they've, they've liked to go to different things. And Miles Bridges in some of those lineups is, like, one of their best offensive players, especially when we saw Rogier out. Now that Rogier's yeah, yeah. back, Hayward's been a little bit up and down. Um, but, like, his, his efficiency in his shots, I think, has been been some of the, the biggest thing. I think 30.7 or whatever he's averaging, I mean, that's not sustainable. But, I mean, we're seeing, you know, everything that we've seen for a breakout year for Miles Bridges in a contract year, I think will trend quite consistently. Um, it's just how much of a dip is he going to get? Yeah, I, honestly, I hope it uh, sticks because he refused a $60 million extension um, to go into this season and, you know, do it like have an earn it year for his contract night. I, I really like, yeah, wish him all the best on it, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, for, for him and for my fantasy team. <laughs> well, if, if he plays like this, I reckon he's going to earn himself an extra 30, 40 million or something like that. Yeah, easy. Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And I, um, but yeah, that, that, so, yeah, I was going to say, you get it from Charlotte because they've got other people that, you know, they want to invest in and pay money for, but. Um, they might have lost out on getting you know him on a, a good those good deals that kind of can carry you to to success. Um, yeah, well, good on good on Bridges, but <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to go again? Uh, yeah. Well, do you want to talk teams or do you want to talk players? 
Either or, mate. I'm happy. I've got mostly players down, but a couple of teams are yep. interested too. Um, well, I've got a couple of players written down. I'll, I'll let you go first, man, and then I'll just see if I can come up with some others, all right? So you go first. All right. I've got one player down here that I think is interesting. Um, a player that I thought was a, a bit of a trap on draft night, but he's been proving me wrong in DeJounte Murray, who was coming out of the gates on fire. Um, I think, you know, the fact that he's, um, sh- you know, he's always shown that kind of promise, um, but you would have ranked him, you know, not in kind of your your top, you know, 50, even like 70 players in, in, in the league, even though with fantasy you're looking through the lens, well, he's their best player potentially, um, for a team and something's going to click and something's going to, you know, give, but the thought process was they've got Pirtle, you know, they've got Derek White, they've got a few other guys. I don't know if it's real. We've seen enough of him. Is it going to get the next level? But we've seen players and even in our league coaches like, no, 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 I, I, I see it kind of translating. And at least so far this year, um, it's all kind of clicked. He's averaging 28.9 in our league. Um, I actually didn't realize it was that high. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm keeping Not it real. An eye on him just because um, the players that I <laughs> have hot, hot takes on <laughs> um, come back to Burmy. So it's always interesting kind of watching that. But um, <laughs> well, the big thing, the big thing with Marius is rebounding. Like I, I feel like the, the reason he gets drafted before a white, um, even sometimes like a Pirtle, is because he's got quite a full stat line. Um, and Osada always has, he's just upped it every season. And then now it now it feels like he's the man at the Spurs. Now DeRozan's gone. Now, you know, LaMarcus is gone and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, he's just – it's really good to see for him. Um, and, yeah, I don't really have too much more to add. I just didn't realize that he was quite that productive. Like for a guy to be averaging – a guard particularly to be averaging eight rebounds, eight assists basically, it's huge. Yeah, that's yeah. – uh- that's getting in your your Westbrook projections. <laughs> Some yeah, of that. close to yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think in terms of the, the theme of overreactions, um, I guess that was like my like, oh well, does he have the the capacity to be the best player in, on the team? Well, yes, but that's because comparison to the other players on the team, there's no one that stands out. But he's not just the best player on their team; he's the best player and should be kind of respected as a this guy that's gone to the next level so far. Yeah. Cause sometimes um, he's the best player on the court. You know what I mean? Like that. And that's, that has to be respected. You didn't need a plan around that. Yeah. And I think I wasn't um, ready to kind of take that leap. And I think um, people who bought into him, I think it's real going forward. Um, so even if some of the kind of the shooting has always been a, a bit of an issue, but if he can, you know, average around that um, 20 point mark at the moment, he's 18.3. Um, if you can keep that up, I think the assist and the, the rebounds are going to stay. So um, we're looking good. I like him. Yeah. Yep. Um, this, the Spurs, like I, I sort of have, I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for them. So any players that are like playing there, I, I hope they do well. Um, anyway, I've got a player now. And yeah. I'm, yeah. So, and I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a sore spot for you, brother, uh, but it's Jonas <laughs> Valanciunas. And, um, like I just, he he has been insane 
to start the season with Zion out and then with, with Ingram going down as well and him being the man on the floor, unreal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I don't know how – I'll just quickly check how many points he's been scoring, but um, he's finally cracked like the 30-minute mark consistently. And as, as soon as he does that, he just beasts. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, what it's like when Zion's back and if anything's kind of – um, obviously benefit a little bit potentially, but in, in, in my thought and kind of what I said on in the draft reviews is that I think everything that you kind of showed at Memphis translated and I was huge on him. I think I listed him as Walsh's best pick. I think the level of what he's doing is, you know, quite surprising given yeah, the yeah. that he is averaging... He's averaging 31.1, 31.1. <laughs> At about 13th in our league or 12th, yeah. So a little bit uh, below Stephen Curry and just above DeMantis Sabonis. So that's the people <laughs> that he's been, you know, playing with. And yeah, then, man. I mean, that's the thing, like, Walshie's another team 2-0 and at the moment um, off the back of Giannis and Valanciunas as his best players are kind of leading him. And, you know, the, 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 the shooting, as he said, like he's shooting 50% and it's not just like, tip-ins at the rims he's got no kind of game and the pelicans kind of suck but he's you know he's mr reliable there and um i think he's similar to bridges like I, I don't think you can think a 30 average over the course of the year is sustainable but everything that he's doing is sustainable you know what i mean and i think yeah, we have exactly, to adjust yeah. a little bit that the scoring's higher than it has been in our fantasy leagues past and I think some of the shooting rule change obviously is a part of that but other than that I still think looking at some of the the play of games and some of the the way that players are playing um it feels like there's there's more players at that top end in fantasy rather than what it was in years previous and and Valanciunas is an example of someone who's you know an elite fantasy player right now yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, just while, while we're talking about the, um, you know, the field goals and stuff like that, um, I don't want to talk about the scoring change just yet, but the, uh, I was reading a CBS article, and do you mind if I just, like, quote part of it? It's about field goal percentage league-wide. Yeah, let's do it. I love it. Yeah, right. yep. so um, <clears throat> points per game across the league has gone up for six consecutive seasons offensive efficiency the number of points a team scores per 100 possessions has steadily increased from 105.6 in 2014-15 to a record 112.3 last season all 10 of the top offensive ratings in the nba history have come from teams playing in the past three seasons and the top seven are all from the last season alone Jeez. now yeah now, um, and it is a, a small sample size and everything like that, but, um, you know, we've had a rule change with the free throw. Um, we've had, um, yeah, the offensive explosion, which it seems to be a little bit curtailed by that new rule. That, let's call it the Harden rule. Um, okay. And, yeah, so I'll, I'll just read out a little bit more. Um, but given the offensive explosion of the past few years, the staggering difference in this season's numbers is impossible to ignore. According to Basketball Reference, the average NBA offensive rating has dropped more than six points from 112.3 last season to 106.2, which would be the lowest mark since the 2014-15 season. 
points per game have plunged from 112 to 107. And even with the three-point attempts and pace both increasing. So pace has picked up and stuff like that, yet we've uh, from last season, yet we've reverted back to 2014-15 style scoring. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Yeah, I, I thought so. I thought so too when I when I read it. I, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this one for, uh, for you guys, and I'll I'll, sh- I'll share it with you. But um, I do know field goal percentage has gone down league wide, and the fact that that sort of marries up with us making a change to the scoring system, yeah, um, and and then also seeing some higher scores and some bits and pieces, I actually kind of like it. I think we, it almost feels like we did it at the right time, you know, with an NBA rule change and then a league rule change of our own. I've I've really enjoyed it so far. I'm very happy that we didn't go with the the minus zero point five, and then we did the, yeah. the minus zero. That would have been a big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To kind of transition in, but I think it's it's worked well in terms of um, the watchability of your players as well. But then not penalizing players that are you know doing things within team sets or taking shots at you know late sh- uh, shot clock scenarios and different things that. Um, when a player's value is very tied to their scoring and they're, they're putting these situations um, that it shouldn't be as um, as of a negative for them to kind of just play within their team role. And if they're missing shots, they're kind of, you know, missing shots sometimes. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Been interesting. Yeah. Um, usually when you're in your mind, it's like, oh, if I've got one player who's missed a shot and another player rebounds it, it's almost like, oh, it's just a trade-off. But now when you're doing it, it's like, actually, I'm coming up as a net benefit. Yeah, you're earning. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. It feels good. And um, like I, I've heard of uh, fantasy leagues having point systems where they actually don't, um, you know, take into account any efficiency. And I don't think that's the way to go either. Um, but I just think, you know, the fact that we're not penalizing players quite as much for something that they shouldn't be penalized for. In, in most most times, like, in NBA games, they're good shots that are coming off. They're just not going in. You know what I mean? There's, it's it, it happens. You know, maybe five times a game where you go, oh, what was that? Like, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Unless it's a shit team you're watching. But yeah, so um, I've I've enjoyed it. I feel like uh, it's sort of translated into a few more shooters getting picked up off the wire as well and um, being valued a little bit more. So uh, I don't know. Um, what what you think about that side of things as well? You're sort of looking and going, hey, I, I don't mind having somebody who might like you know be a little bit riskier, but could also take me to the moon as well. Yeah, nah, I like that as well. I like that it's kind of transformed the free agency wire a little bit more for these players who um, a little bit more valued in real life than they were in fantasy, and it's kind of balanced out a little bit of your. Um, role player, big men kind of rebound guy to players like your Seth Currys who started fantastic yeah. at the moment or even um, your Desmond Baines or Melt, these guys who we've seen getting picked up who um, if you're if you're averaging, you know, 15 points in the NBA, you should be rostered. And we've seen these guys in the past who have, you know, averaged between 10 and 15 points but don't really do anything else. Um, not being like valued. And I think you're yeah. right. Like there needs to be an efficiency thing to it. There needs to be a penalty for missing. Um, 
especially, you know, if you're looking at um, your Westbrook or your Trey Young or even Jason oh, Tate the other night. Even like a Cade at the moment as well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's too easy for you to just pack on points if you're the main guy who's like, I'm going to take all of the shots and things are going to happen around me and there's no penalty for me missing. I, we didn't, I think we definitely need to look at that, especially with your role players who aren't getting a lot of minutes if they're coming off and, and, and not shooting well, there's, there's a penalty to it. But I think you're right. Like, I think it's just, it's kind of adjusted the balance a little bit more. There's more scoring. It's a little bit more fun to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the way I sort of thought about it go, going into it is I'd much rather see somebody pick up, let's say, a Seth Curry, like you said, rather than a Dwayne Dedman. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, th- th- there's we we've got to. I feel like we have taken a step in the positive direction in that regard for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so because it was very very easy for players to shoot, you know, two from two and then get six rebounds and three blocks and be like a really important fantasy player. And we do yep. we still want to value those type of guys, but not to the point where they're overvalued to, yeah, your core kind of sixth men, Patty Mills or, you know, people like that who, um, you know, they might not do a lot of else, but when they're shooting well, you know, they're an important role for their team who are contributing to winning and should be valued, I think. You brought up a really um, interesting point when we were discussing all of this around the thing that like, um, and I think it should be a goal of most point system fantasy leagues is to try and make the the two points or the point itself as the, the central sort of value and then build around that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a good way to go about it. I, like I know I won't go into our full discussions because we were all there for it and everything like that, but basically having two points worth worth two points or one point but equaling one point, it's better. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to get at, but it feels like when you, a missed field goal is half of or equal to the value that you could earn, it be, yeah, it's a bit shitty. Yeah. I think the, the core point, which I'm a, a huge believer in, is that the points are the, why you play basketball and that's the value. And then that lets cater the rest of the stats um, around this core value that, uh, you know, a point is a point. And then yep. we can adjust all the things on where we think they're worth with this like central kind of value of what a point is and then adjust yep. it around that. Um, I think that's, I, that works best for me. And I think it's a, it's a, you know, it works well for the league at the moment, but yeah. The only other way I sort of see uh, it being justified is on like the um, statistical scarcity. So you might want to make, for example, um, a steal worth three, let's say, um, because of the fact that they don't happen quite as often. But then um, that's a different sort of lens that you have to put on when you're thinking about your scoring and and, and all that sort of stuff. Like, so the way that we've done it, I think we've, we've really, um, I don't know, we've given the, the point uh, its, its place, it, you know, it's, it, its rightful place, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think so yeah. too. I think that's why you play basketball is to get buckets, put the ball through the yeah. hoop. And if, you, if we do want to, and I think we're very open to flexible to, to have discussions and move things, and if you say that, you know, steals because of scarcity wants to be more, you just compare that to what a point's worth. And I would never have a, like a point worth two points. You know what I mean? And that's the yeah, goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like yep. the, the, 
the thing that we build everything else around. Um, yeah. That, that works well. But, I mean, we're only, you know, two and a half weeks in, so we can have more conversations as we go with everyone. But as for now, I've really enjoyed the, the change at the moment. I think it's worked well. Yeah. Same goes here, man. Same goes. Cool. Um, that sort of went around. Like I don't even, I started with JV and then we ended up on field goal percentage and and our point scoring system. So I actually kind of like that. No, it was good. It was, it <laughs> Do you have any play, other players or anything that you wanted to talk about? I got, I got a, a couple. Um, yeah, go for it, man. I can't even, I've done it because we're doing this on Zoom and I'll put it into garage. I'm not sure how long we've actually been speaking for, but <laughs> it's, I don't know. But anyway, I think we'll go to. We need to pause it into two recordings. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, we've gone to players that have been outperforming uh, where they've gone, but I've got a player that I think has been a little bit underwhelming so far. Um, and I'll be interested in your thoughts because he was someone I was really big on that you drafted and I was happy with it in uh, Mr. Kevin Porter Jr. so far. So have you yeah. been? Um, I think that it's interesting with him, some of the stuff that we believed because I think we're on the same page with him coming in this year that – you know, he's the point guard. They're, they're, they're looking at a lot of stuff yeah. around him. I know Jalen Green's coming in, but, um, you know, some of the stuff that we saw last year I thought was was probably real coming through. And he's had a couple of glimpses, but it hasn't really translated as much to, especially with some of the scoring. And I, I watched Houston for like the first time yesterday. And he's like... I watched the same, same game, yeah. Yeah, I just... I, there, was, there was a lot of times where I just like... If he didn't have the huge hairstyle, you kind of forget about him a little bit in like a yeah. patches of two to three minutes. So I'm, I'm very curious on, on how you're thinking about Kevin Porter Jr. at the moment. Um, well, when it when it comes to, you know, my fantasy team, I'm pretty like I, I drafted him probably around uh, pick 60. And I think that was too early. And obviously, you know, hindsight's great and everything like that. But uh, go, I think some things that I didn't take into account is – Eric Gordon, um, and I, I didn't think that the Houston Rockets would quite lean into him like they have. I, I'm not saying that he's like the man there or anything like that. He's just got a little bit more of a role than I would have expected. I thought it would have been landing on KPJ a bit more. Um, and then also as well, like he can't buy a bucket some games. Uh, and and also as well, like you'd hope that a guard – would be able to, you know, get fouled and get to the free throw line and things like that as well. And he's just, even when he's getting to the free throw line, he's not hitting them all. And yeah, it's it's hard. And plus, to add to it, he's got the most turnovers of anyone in the league. Um, yeah, followed by Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. The turnovers are an issue. Yeah, I think yeah. interesting yeah. With Eric Gordon, because I was the same. Like I don't really see that much of a role for him, and it's not like he's playing heaps. But when he when he is playing, when they do play minutes, like he's quite ball dominant. He's like yeah. taking a lot of shots in his opportunity. Um, not a not always you know the best shots, and um, but when when he's on the court, he, he's a bit of a like um, a black hole in terms of the usage. Um, so it's harder for other players to kind of, um, especially for kind of like shoot up scorer kind of guys to 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 really tick over some of their stuff and you know we've seen Jalen Green struggle at times a little bit but we've seen those glimpses mm, um yeah Kevin Porter Jr I think everything that we thought about the counting stats is there like he's getting you know five rebounds five assists but yeah it's the turnovers and the shooting and yeah it seems like 
Houston are young and they'll, they'll get it, you know, they'll, they'll grow, but it does feel a little bit you, your turn, my turn um, watching them. And when it's Kevin Porter Jr., it's like, oh, well, I haven't taken a shot in a while, so I need to take a shot. And it, it doesn't feel like it's in the flow as much. But um, I think I think it will come. Hindsight's the, you know, it's easy to draft with hindsight, but yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I like the pick that, <laughs> at the time. And that's why I thought it was interesting to talk about your feelings. I still, I still think there's lots of space to improve. Don't get me wrong. Like I think with, you know, hopefully with Jalen green sort of uh, settling into the league a little bit, settling into the team and then them sort of working out what, what their identity is a little bit more. So that they feel like they're a few steps behind an, an Orlando magic. Let's say yeah. that they just need to work out where, people fit and everything um even more so than them i think yeah yeah and particularly for uh the fact that they're they are those they're relatively young relatively inexperienced overall um so yeah we'll just have to see how it goes yeah no like i think one to one to watch going forward yeah uh actually and if we're going down that one and it's another one like it i thought isaiah stewart was going to do a lot better I don't want to spend too much time on him because he's a pretty boring player. Uh, but yeah, in in the same vein, like I, I I picked him around pick seventy, let's say, and he just I don't know. Like I I thought even with Linux being there and stuff like that, they'd want to lean into their youth, and then you know it's just. But it hasn't been coming off, and he hasn't been playing well either. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and I buy in. We won't spend too much on Isaiah Stewart, but I think he's a good yeah, exactly, yeah. to another player that I want to talk about. And I think on the draft reviews, I you know I had a couple of thoughts around being a little bit hesitant on taking Stewart that early. Just I, I believe that they are going to lean into him um, because of the youth you know trajectory. But players like that um, sometimes their scoring just doesn't kind of come naturally you're going to get these, you know, games where if they're not scoring, you know, over your six, eight points, there's only so much your rebounds or your other things can kind of compensate for their exactly, value. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you yep. see with him. And I think yep. that kind of goes into another player, another team that I think are really interesting um, at the moment. And Robert Williams III has been, you know, one of those guys where if you kind of look at his, his stats, um, he's been amazing in games and there's other games where it, it, it doesn't quite click quick click. And those are the games where, you know, he's scoring four points um, because it's just not as, as natural in his game. He's very, you know, um, it's, it's predicated on whether it's the tip backs or the alley-oops or, you know, doing the, the hard work that, you know, you can't just like turn on your offense like that. So yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, actually, it's been interesting uh, seeing Horford as well while we're at like uh, speaking about Robert Williams because he's come out and he is like, first of all, I think in our league he was undrafted and most leagues he was undrafted because he was just absolutely hard to own um, when he was at OKC. And then actually I drafted him last year and I hated it. And then he, he bounced around the league in trades off on and off the waiver wire, everything like that. And then now, like, he's coming out, he's getting blocks, which he's never gotten in his career. He's, like, I don't, I don't know. It's almost like he's the man in in um, in lieu of Tatum and his slump. Yeah. So, and I don't know. I think that's uh, sort of affected Robert Williams overall um, and, and stuff. He just doesn't 
don't know. I, I, I would have hoped that he'd come out and at least be, you know, cleaning up the boards a little bit more, getting a little bit more involved, or at least, you know, getting dish dish the ball for some alleys and stuff like that. But yeah, just yeah, it seems was, to be the yeah. Horford show. Yeah, well, I mean, we've seen those games that have been really good, but Al Horford, it's been like a a, a real kind of thing out of the dark. Can you call him a revelation? <laughs> uh, you, you can say he's playing his best basketball since his Atlanta Hawks stint, which is a long time ago. He was a he was a top, you know, thirty draft pick for a couple of years in a row, even with the industries. He's averaging twenty six point nine so far this year. You know, he's missed a couple of games. When we spoke about Robert Williams on draft night, it was like, I get it. I like it here. This is the reasons why you'd be a little bit concerned. And one of the things was like, all right, there's a question mark around Horford and Cantor. What, what's it going to look like? I had, I was really down on Cantor and we've seen him not play yes, at all. Yeah. So that kind of trend. But then the Horford thing's been so much bigger than I thought it was going to be in terms of him playing in. Boston have been weird. We know that there's concerns of had a couple of, you know, wins, good win um, yesterday, I think, was it against... Chicago, like dominant win, even with Jason Tatum playing like shit. Yeah. Um, it's just they've been so fascinating, the Celtics, because you don't know what you're going to get from night to night. Jalen Brown has shown that on games he's he's the, the best player on the Celtics, if not a top 20 player in the league. And then other games where they're like they can't get him going as much. Jason Tatum had yeah. one or two games where it's like, oh, this is what we saw in that playoff series against the Nets. And then you're like, oh, hang on a second. This guy got drafted nine in our league. And he, he's, I was watching him against the Bulls and he was lining up for free throws, five minutes left in the third. He hadn't scored in the whole game. Um, Jesus, just, yeah. yeah. There's just there's worrisome things with the Celtics at the moment on what you're going to get night to night outside of um, Al Horford. <laughs> I, be- I believe there's a little bit of locker room drama as well. I don't know if you heard, but Marcus Smart came out and said, you know, um, yeah, w- w- the – Brown and Tatum need to pass the ball more um, and a few other bits and pieces. But, yeah, just uh, I'm, it's sort of nice seeing the Celtics struggle oh, um, as, as usual. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we both support teams in the Eastern Conference as well. So, um, yeah, 110%. Yeah. But uh, on, the, on the same token, fantasy-wise, and for, for the players themselves, you, you'd sort of hope they'd work it out. I think so. I mean, I'm not worried if I was a Brown or a Tatum owner. Like, I think they're still like, you know, studs. It was, it's interesting, you know, undraft me like, well, Tatum's the guy. Um, but now very much they kind of feel on like level playing fields. And I think that's good yeah. if you're a Brown owner, um, where, depending on where you got him um, and maybe not so much Tatum, but I still think when push comes to shove, Jason Tatum's the guy you want. Um, does Tatum, like particularly for Alec, does he feel like a first-round player? Like it, not just coming into this year, um, but like moving forward as well? Um, I mean, I came into this league like with my rankings having him as a second-round guy. You know, he was yep. late first round. I wasn't, I wasn't hugely surprised. I think it's a bit early. But I think you could really buy into the fact that um, if Boston, you know, got their shit together and were like, we're a top six, you know, East team, it's off the back that, you know, Tatum's man is transitioned to, okay, I'm really an, an MVP type guy, you know, and I, I think he has all the kind of tools to to do what we've seen uh, Bradley Beal and Paul George kind of do. And I think that yeah, was yeah. trajectory. Um, it just feels like there's little things that he still needs to learn. He's very young. Um, he's young, but I mean, he's been in the league a long time. So it should, you know, 
I think this was the year potentially for you to say, okay, now he's a first round player. But I mean, three weeks in, it's, um, I still, you know, think he's a top 20 next year um, on draft night. But it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what happens first of the year. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Um, I, I feel like, for me personally, I, like he's always been a second rounder. Like I, I don't know why um, particularly, but there's usually, you know, a, f- a few guys that I'd rather see um, this year going into it. Like I had um, Zion in the first round who I had not had in the first round. This was pre, pre-injury news and things like that as well. Um, I'd, I, I feel like Joel's injury concerns – Going into this season, I was like, oh, I'm not really worried about them so much. So I bumped him into the first round uh, a little bit more. And uh, just a few things that just uh, I can't see. I just, yeah, didn't have Tatum around there, to be honest. Um, I'd even rather like a Gobert over a Tatum personally, like if I've got the two in front of me. Yeah, and I get that. Yep. I think I think it's that that thing where your players like – um, and beat and go bear and stuff for like your lock second round guys, but for different reasons. Yeah. But yeah, it's just there's a lot of other kind of safe options you can go. And I think we've seen this year, especially in the, the first and second rounds, whether it's your Westbrook or even people going Damian Lillard. I know MJ going there, like these players that you invested so much money, like you know, value in up top. And if they're not repaying that faith as much, and you're seeing, you know, players like you know Sabonis and Bam Adebayo and stuff that were the yeah. back end of the second round being such lockdown kind of value for you um it can it can really hurt fantasy teams and um but it, yeah it's it's kind of those those type of wing players that are a little bit risky sometimes and um yeah definitely Adam falls into that category for sure um, yeah but it, it on the same token as well um, it's worth its weight in gold. I feel I always feel like wing players just dry up really quickly in in drafts, and then getting a good wing player off the wire is near on impossible. Um, yeah, uh, maybe that's changed with this year's draft. I don't know because <laughs> um, there seems to be some good wings coming into the league. But uh, yeah, I just I always find if you can get an elite small forward, that they, they are really good because it's very rare that in particular in points leagues they're producing at a consistent and meaningful level yeah. uh, i don't know do you do you find that as well do you find uh, maybe it's just me because i like i end up focusing on guards or centers or whatever i think and then I think this year and next, last year maybe it's kind of balanced out a little bit more but i did yeah. think that very much you went through a period where your small forward and your shooting guards where like the the gap in the league it was really hard to yeah to kind of find those guys off, off your way of wire and maybe some of the, the point changes has changed that a little bit, especially with kind of your your shooting guard guys. But um, just looking at, at my team in particular, it's 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 hard to find that like kind of small forward guy that's that's doing a bit of everything to help your fantasy because you see these point guards with their assists or, you know, your power yeah. forward centers with the rebounds and blocks to kind of top it up. And I've, I've, I've drafted guys like DeAndre Hunter and Mikael Bridges, who I both quite like, who like, they value. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, not this year, but in, in past years, Torian Prince, like, anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no. These guys are like, and they're not doing as much 
um, outside of their shooting to make them like valuable and like they they like yeah. them as like glue guys on D. Um, Spot on, yeah. Especially Bridges, but the other night I watched Bridges. He played like forty two minutes and had like two rebounds, a steal, and then like twenty two points. So it was a good game, but it only translated to seventeen fantasy because like he he played forty two minutes, but he wasn't. You'd think that he could at least you know get you know four rebounds or stuff, but they've got these other guys. Um, whether it's um, even like JaVale McGee who's coming in and just like gobbling up these rebounds and stuff. And he's like the hockey assist guy a lot of the time, Mikael Bridges. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The court. And so I think it, it has been hard to find these kind of wing guys a little bit who aren't your dominant scorers. So after you see your Tatums and your Beals and um, uh, Georges and stuff go off the board, I think you're right that it has been, hard to kind of find that role that unless they're shooting, you know, high, like 60, 70% in a game that you see it's yeah. hard for them to, to have huge value. Well, I, I was thinking that that gap was sort of filled this year with like a, a Michael Porter Jr., like some of the guys at Charlotte as well. Like I've, obviously I, I thought Hayward would be close. Well, I don't know, I know exactly how he's been going. I know you traded for uh, him away. Um, these two guys, but uh, <laughs> these these were the type of players that were filling the um, the small forward gap as we sort of went through Middleton, um, Brown's sort of taking that leap now. Uh, the, yeah, I don't know it's it's interesting to watch, and I, like I think this sort of is a good segue into what I wanted to speak about next, and that's like the rookie of the year. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've, like obviously the the race is really, really tight at the moment. Um, uh, you, it's early and it's tight and I'm overreacting and stuff like that because I've drafted a lot of these guys. But um, I still – my pick for rookie of the year this year is Mobley um, yeah. still. I think he's going to – just because he's getting it done on both ends, um, I, I think is really, really – and also as well, like, do you ever, like, look at a guy's – stat line and just go mm, yeah that's a good stat line like just did you do that sometimes i do it exactly like that too i go mm, that's a good stat line mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um no i find like pop for me and when you look and you know he's got like you know that two blocks one steal three assists four like just where everything in the box score has just like got a number in it it's like mm, yeah that's a good fantasy that's like yeah <laughs> exactly and i, th- I think um I think Mobley really does have that stat stuffing ability. Um, and, and they're, they're just looking like nice round numbers. He's, uh, I think, um, just watching the Cavs and stuff like that. I, I know we were talking about it in, in the chat about Allen and um, Mobley sort of bringing the Cavs up a little bit, which has been really, really cool to see. But he has had like, an, he's had an impact on the team. And I like, you know, a rookie that can come into the league and then, have an impact on their team in a positive direction, I think is really, really um, good to see. And I think it's one of the, yeah, I think it's one of the biggest reasons why he he's probably emerging as yeah my favorite so far for, for rookie of the year, but there's still so more. I wanted to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I was, yeah. I think it's a, it's a good tip and what we've kind of seen and we alluded to it at the start with, like I find it hard with some of the rookies because, you know, unless we're like really watching college, you can get the scouting report, you can, you know, really get an idea of who they are. But 
sometimes it's it's hard to see how it translates on court. And I know, you know, Mobley, you know, had a lot of buzz about what he could do. And the thought process was like, oh, the Cavs are a little bit weird in like the backcourt and how they're going to fit the pieces together. And what surprised the most is that Mobley hasn't been this guy that, we, you know, he's another piece that how do we fit him in? It's almost he's unlocked um, how they fit together. He's just like joining. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah. okay, well, if we're playing Allen, we can play Mobley still as well because he's, you know, lengthy and he can kind of close out really quickly. Um, you know, if we want to go smaller, we can play marketing and love to carry, you know, the offensive. But, you know, he's good enough to, you know, play that center and he's, you know, his his IQ and his passing and his decision making. But on, yeah. He's got he's got like a very, very high IQ and has that has that you know really solid role player um you know skill set already on lock with that, you know, tantalizing sort of uh future all star talent maybe here and there. Do you know what I mean? Like I just I don't know. I I, I really like him. I really like him. Yeah. I mean, the the raps on him so far have been huge and I think they've been deserving. Um, he's really good to watch. Cavs have been another league pass team that have been fun to watch and yep. I wanna, I've been watching them mainly for, for, for Garland, but he's been a nice add. And I just, I like still seeing how Love's going, who's been pretty good before he, he went out with COVID. Um, yep. But yeah, I think the rookie of the year is quite open. The thing with Mobley, I think, is that you're going to see guys like yourself or people like NBA nerd dudes who like get off that mm, stat line. Like, <laughs> I'm going to regret making that noise now. <laughs> I liked it. It was good. <laughs> but um, you, you're going to see a lot of like NBA Twitter and stuff, like get really into Mobley. Um, but it'd be interesting over the course of the year. Um, like I, I picked Jalen Green at the start of the year and I, I'm still kind of happy with that because I think he's going to have moments that are like, you know, really clippable TikTok, like dunks, threes, all this yeah. kind of stuff. He's going to get all the, the chance. And a little <laughs> bit like Lamelo last year is he's going to be yeah. this kind of Instagram darling dude, um, which, you know, shouldn't be a real reason for him to win it, but I think it definitely helps. Um, but I think guys like Mobley, your boy uh, Barnes, Barnes um, yeah. Scott, he's, yeah. he's like doing everything at the moment. Like these are going to, you know, they're going to make it interesting, the race, I think, especially uh, the the power rankings on the NBA side. I think Duarte, Barnes and Mobley are the top three at the moment. Um, and so they should be. Um, it would just be interesting over the course of the year. Uh, you know, I've got something know. interesting to tell you as well. So um, yeah. just uh, it depends sort of on the statistics that you um, value as to like who sort of vaults up the leaderboard for rookie of the year. Um, so I'll just quickly, sorry, one sec. No, you're right, bro. Um, so for example, if you value points, um, Scotty Barnes is smashing it at the moment. He's, he's him and Duarte are like scoring out their ears. Plus as well, like Scotty Barnes field goal percentage is sitting at about 55%, which is just elite. Um, if you like assists, you've got to be going for Giddy. He's, um, he's at, He's averaging six assists and six rebounds. Um, now we got to Giddy. Yeah, well, we're, yeah, we like he has been pretty, pretty great. Like the um, because we you sort of spoke about it the other day, but um, the NBL has translated to the NBA, and and that's it's not heard of very often. 
and it's really good that it's working out for him. Yeah. Um, and just and then Mobley for rebounds. Then you've got, uh, like I said, Duarte and Scotty Barnes for scoring, for confidence in that, like, I don't give a fuck attitude. It's Jalen Green and Scotty Barnes. Like, uh, I don't know. You, you can, yeah. Anyway, you wanted to speak about Giddy. Uh, it's a fun uh, rookie class. And I think yeah. what about, like, we've had obviously the last two NBL rookies of the year kind of get drafted in, you know, the top, you know, five, six, Lamella at three and Giddy at six, was it, I think? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Like, Maybe five then, even, but yeah. No, yeah, no six. Then, yeah, six. Yep. And then obviously the Lamella going on to win rookie of the year and then <laughs> Giddy, this like, he, from him to be able to kind of translate everything over and, you know, obviously world, you know, the the expectation was he was going to go in the teens and draft night and they're like, oh, no, he just like killed the OKC interview. You read about, you know, it's all about his IQ and stuff and I just think they've been enamoured with him and said so we think you're ready basically now as a 19-year-old to walk onto a team that we know is, you know, hasn't got a lot of talent or options there so it's easier for him to go on. But even then as a player that, you know, you've seen in some of these close games, they're happy to, to trust him to run some of the offense and, um, you know, there's still got SGA there, but he's been kind of the guy to, to kind of set them up on some of the players really and work off yep. SGA in times. And I just, yeah, I think obviously the shooting's still a thing. Um, he's not going to score in bunches, but his decision-making the way he, I think he makes them better and it's very evident. Um, he's got some like kind of low key flashy um, moves that are like slow mo esque, but it's, it's yeah, very deliberate. Yep. It's cool. Um, did you see the the shot that he got off on Paul George? Like it, and that did you see that highlight? No, it's just that one. Like this sort of fuck you attitude, and just yeah, shit, shot straight over him and stuff. It was it was just really sexy, and like, um, yeah, I, like I drafted him in this league, so and I have to say, it was my last pick. And I was like, I know that he is probably going to be starting again. The same thing with Bridges. Um, you, and anytime you get into the end of the draft and you just go, I can still get a starter um, and hope for some upside. But yeah, he's been, he's been like really consistent. I didn't expect him to. Yeah. I, again, all these rookies that we've spoken about have really, um, sort of hit the ground running. And then we didn't even say Suggs or Cunningham. Yeah, I know, right? And that was probably... Crazy, the, huh? I reckon odds-wise, yeah. um, like people were probably um, thinking that Suggs and Kay Cunningham were the two rookie of the year favorites at the start of the year, I reckon. Um, yeah, and Green. I'd, I'd add Green to that. Yeah. I'd have heard a lot about Green, but not nowhere near as much as like what it's expanded to. Yeah, it's been crazy. Who, think- who was saying Chris Duarte before the season? I know, right? I mean, I know that <laughs> people, especially like Adam, I know they're like, oh, well, he's like this. I think he's like, he's older than Karis LeVert, I think someone said. I'll have to look that up. Really? Like, maybe. Ridiculous. <laughs> check that stuff. I'll look I, it up now. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> look up how old Chris Duarte is. Um, but I know he like, he. I think he was the oldest person basically to come out of, um, to get drafted or something like that. He's 24. I, yeah, 24. 24. Right, I don't know what's because Carson was 27. I didn't know he was that old shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was It must be someone else on the team that they were saying, like, he's he's um, older than this guy. Um, but um, I should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, 
anyway, he's 24, like, and he's coming ready. And I think we've seen that he was ready, um, yeah. which is kind of cool. But, yeah, I think the, the rookie class is really interesting. Low-key last year, a few of these guys, rookies were like, oh, you know, it's a really good class and it's kind of dropped off a little bit. I wonder yeah. if we see a little bit here. But my thing last year was like, or coming into this year, like we're going to see some rough nights from a Mobley or a Giddy or a Duarte and we've seen them from Suggs. And even Cade Cunningham's second game, I think, was just like a dud. We haven't really seen that many yet. And I, I think they're going to come, but I think looking so far is that they're not going to be as frequent or as often as you think. And all these guys yeah. are not just playing minutes, but playing minutes and contributing to winning basketball almost in their role. So, um, well, get, uh, it seems like OKC is the Lakers um, kryptonite this year, which is yeah. pretty good to see. They can play the Lakers, <laughs> but, you know, 82 games, yeah. they'd be fucking dominant. <laughs> yeah. uh, and just, I've got the quick hit because uh, well, I think we're running well over time. Yeah. The quick hit on the most improved player. Yeah, this is as well. Yeah. So we spoke about Bridges. Going into the season, I thought it was OG, but my expectations around that probably dropped off a little bit. Um, we spoke uh, before starting this conversation, we spoke about Barnes and how he's sort of upped his um, game and his efficiency and bits and pieces. But uh, I think one of the the biggest ones is, for me is Jar Morant. Um, I, I think he's, he's come out, he's like increased his foul shooting, his three-point percentage, his two-point percentage, like he's... Actually, he's always been okay defensively, but I feel like he's even up to defensively as well. Um, he's averaging, what is 31 in our league? Yeah. 31? Yeah. 31.4. Um, 31. Which is up for, from, what, a 26 or something, or 27 last year? Yeah, well, last year, I think it was actually a little bit low. Jar Moran was one of the guys that um, you thought his stat lines was better than what it was, and you looked like, oh, yeah. It's a little bit lower. And then I think that's why a few people like probably maybe dropped him down a little bit. But um, I think with the, the most improved, there's this, you know, obviously quite a few guys given it's it's early, but I think it's quite key, like locking into a guy who's not going from like, um, you know, middling player to like above average, but a guy that's gone from above average to elite. I think that's yeah. the hardest jump. And that's where, you know, people really kind of respect. And it looks like Ja Morant's doing that this year. So I think it's a really good pick. Yeah. Did you have any uh, anyone to add to the list? I mean, I could tell you who I had at the start. And that was an obvious, I think I've alluded it to another one, was Darius Garland was a guy that I was quite enamored with. He had a slow start because he kind of turned his ankle in the first game. But I was able to watch a little bit of him the other day and he had like eight assists at halftime. And the shooting, you know, he was, you know, wasn't there, but I still, I like the way he's orchestrating the offense. And there's some of those guys that you know that when they're shooting the shots, you're like, oh no, they're a good shot. These ones are going to drop. Like as long as you've got confidence and your role is secure enough that you can, you know, come around the screen and pull up into a three, like they're going to start dropping for you. And I think he's just yeah. going to get better. Um, I, I've, I've always been a huge uh, Harrison Barnes fan. Um, so I think that was good. Jalen Brown was the one after two games. I was like, oh, holy shit, is he going to go to this elite level? We've seen him being a little bit up and down, um, but I think Ja Morant's a, a really good one. Tyler Hero was the other one. But I yeah, think Tyler he, Hero, I forgot about him, yep. yeah. Yeah, I think maybe more he's like a sixth man guy. I think he, he'll, yeah. he'll have games where, you know, the, the shot isn't there, but as, as I said, I think the confidence is, and what we've seen with Tyler Hero this year, 
so far is that the counting numbers are a little bit there because the ball's going through him. So even though if the shooting is not there, it's, he's not just a three-point shooter now. He's getting into the lane and he's actually, you know, an, an average, you know, rebounder for his position and size, I think, which is, is going to help him. But, yeah. I read an article um, that said it was like an interview with Hero that said that he wants uh, sixth man and most improved this season. So we'll see how that turns out. But <laughs> I'd, I'd probably stop a little short of that. But we'll yeah, see. I, I like the fact that he said something like he should be spoken in the same, you know, breath as like your Trey Young. So he's, he's that good. Yeah. And again, like, uh, yeah, you can maybe pump the brakes on some of that, but I don't mind. <laughs> confidence. Like, if, if he's confident yeah. enough and Miami Heat are, and wants to prop him up um, and give him the role and think he's going to, you know, be good for them, which he's shown so far. Um, I think most of Miami stunk yesterday against the Celtics. So, We'll give him a pass on that game, but overall, he's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, and then uh, Murray as well, who we were speaking about earlier, is, is yeah doing a lot. So yeah, but there's there's that many. I, that's part of the reason why I wanted to speak about it today. The the most improved in the rookie of the year, and then uh, I feel uh, probably the places where you can overreact the most as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe the MVP conversation, Miles Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it if Charlotte are like top two they got a little bit to go um, yeah. I, don't, I don't mind it let's go Miles <laughs> uh, no but um, yeah I don't have any other uh, players to add to that list I don't think at the moment off the top of my head yeah no I think that's that's it we've, we've nailed it it's been fun man um, we'll have to get back again and see um, where some of these guys have been translating and we can overreact again if you want which would be fun <laughs> yeah and i uh, like just for uh, like we got really distracted on some of our conversations we sort of went on tangents and everything like that so there i'm guarantee you there's some things that we've missed like we haven't even considered talking about today oh uh, yeah. there's, there's there's so many players that we'll have to get together and talk about next time but um i yep. think we hit the main ones and i think it was good it like flowing and stuff. So I think um, this was a good one, man. Thanks so much for your awesome. time. Always a pleasure, dude. Always a pleasure. After those sorts of introductions, like I can't, I can't not come <laughs> we'll get on. you back. That's, that's, my just that's it. Pump you up, get you back. But we'll have to. If you keep winning, man, you're gonna have to take over the podcast. You can lead it, and I'll be the guest and come in. <laughs> no, I'll just, I'll just be the get. I'll be the star, um, star guest, and you be the host, mate. I couldn't do a better job than you. Uh, no bloody way say, man. <laughs> well thanks again uh, for having it was a really fun chat and we'll, I'll upload it and see how long we've actually spoken but um, it'll be a good one I think we're pushing about an hour and a half oh shit that's alright <laughs> roughly yeah <laughs> it's good at least it's just not my voice so I think it's a lot more entertaining to bounce stuff over and um, people to listen but yeah no it's been really good thanks so much man always a pleasure dude no worries all right, cheers. Well, thanks everyone for, for checking in and um, we'll catch you again next time. Cheers for everyone. <laughs>